The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm sitting across from... Oh, how fancy and dainty. There we go. <laughs> you got to go you, you, you got to go under. It's under. Pouring pouring a beautiful uh, red rhone wine. This is uh this is a Passario. It is uh, from the Priorat, which ah. is uh in España. Spain, España, and uh the Priorat was has many vineyards that were basically abandoned at one point. And there's now it's like coming back into vogue. There's a little bit of money going in and some reinvestment, and uh, it's mostly Grenache. Although there's a lot of Tempranillo also, and Cab, and Cab. Yeah, you get some random stuff. But the there. but the old like you know basket vines uh, on the ground. It's Grenache. It's Garnacha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can find you know you can find there's some you know Clos Mogador. You can find some really expensive fancy Priorat, but you can get some really great value. You sure can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean the Grenache at, at uh, Sonoma Markets uh, eight ninety nine, and it's you know you've had it. This is uh, what is this twenty eight dollars at the Rhone Room? Yeah, Something like that. It's, it's all how much okay. it was? Twenty bucks so, at the Rhone Room. Yeah. I don't know. See, you can get wines that are not from the Rhone at the Rhone Room. Well, they are Rhone varieties, though. Correct. Yeah, but but for those, from for the those that don't know, now like, you if, know. like if you now got you one know. from here in now California, it wouldn't be from the Rhone, but it might be a Rhone varietal. Well, it would have to be by decree by where you got right. it. That's yeah. it. That could be like a new Easter egg hunt for Sandra here. Find the wine that is not a Rhone varietal. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> did you I'm hear digging. that? I'm digging now. <laughs> we got. We're, I remember. We're, we're, we're going to start punking yeah, the own room. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're coming up with our own ideas. What you should start do with the hiding a bottle of non-Rhone wine in here and see if anybody notices. When <laughs> I, I would start with a Chenin Blanc. I don't know. Do you have? Do anybody who makes any Chenin Blanc? Uh, <laughs> I don't know anybody who makes Chenin Blanc. Do you? Sam? You know, Brian? There, there were long lost, long lost uh, Chenin Blanc uh, vines found in a vineyard that I heard of. So and it was a Rhone vineyard, so it really? must right. be right. Must so be Chenin Blanc was found there. A, now it's on the list. It's well, a Rhone it, variety. It's, you you um, talked about a vineyard that you knew that had Chenin Blanc in the Rhone <laughs> section of it, yeah. so it must be true. Thanks to a guy from Chicago. There was two times that I got away with that at the Girl in the Fig. Once was uh, Macaboo. There was a wine that had Macaboo in it, and so I told Sandra, "Oh yeah, it's prominently uh, planted in the Rhone because <laughs> I really like this wine." And then the other one was, um, ooh, Talisman does a Val de Bullshit are you. Val de Guillet, <laughs> which Val de is, and you can't, you can find Macabu in the Rhone region, and you can find Val de Guillet in the Rhone region. Now they're not prominently planted, but uh, if you want those wines on the All list, right. sometimes you, you gotta plant. stretch the truth. <laughs> we're a going bit. to the Rhone, and we're planting Zinfandel. And Bart Green so, <laughs> I'm in. I'm you know in. what? And how many French winemakers would be totally down? Oh, picnic wine. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza <laughs> wine, man. Pizza, Pizza wine. wine. Picnic wine. <laughs> well, um, we this whole session should be about one of the uh, some of the feedback we got on 
our whole year. And somebody had been listening to our podcast throughout the year from April on. And we started like Bud Break, basically. And actually, where we kind of got off was the fire. And this person was saying it was eerie to hear about not only how normal the year had gone and then how abby normal it went with the fire but also the fact that that um (laughs) guys but but, uh, nonetheless it it is um you have to you have to take a look at it and say this year has been a strange year well you know what's funny about that And, and um you know, it moves along in a normal fashion because it moves with time. But I don't know if there's any there's such a thing as a normal year in, in well, the vineyard. Well, the fire. I mean, and he brought up ni- uh, 1996. Right. That was the other thing. And um, I mean, every year is going to have challenges. It's going to have weird things happen. And, and maybe the weird thing in the year is that nothing happens. But um, yeah, no. Well, I think not we, to be com- not to be combative, but you know. Uh, it's funny to hear it from that perspective that it felt like a normal year that we were describing, and then, of course, it turned into an actual living nightmare for 10, 12 days. Yeah, I mean, I understand something that... Tried to get back to some new normal. Yeah, and, and we look at it different than um, everybody out there in Podland um, cast, podcast land. Um, Pot- Potland? Pot- <laughs> Portland? That. Okay. Uh, right. Podcast land in that... <laughs> You know, whether you're on the grape growing side or the production winemaking side, um, we live and die by, you know, the differences in the year. Um, it Everything that happens throughout the growing year and into the winemaking year changes the future, right? Um, your decisions, um, the, the way the wines age, the way the wines are made, the way the grapes are grown. Um, and, and so it, it impacts us a lot. And so... We don't necessarily, as, as Sam was saying, we don't have a normal year. We have this year or last year or remember 1989. But you don't have a fire. Well, and but that, some years you do. We didn't have a fire right. like this year, but we've had fires that 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 upsetted uh, the growing season. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. and that happens, just depends where you're at. Well, and, and I guess from that, um, and that's one of the things that, I don't know if I'll speak for Bart, but... Uh, for me, the reason one of the things that attracts me to being in the wine business is um, we we can mark the passage of time and we can look back at years because Absolutely. of you know because of the wines that we made or because of the wines that you know you open a bottle of say ninety eight Bocastel and you know unfortunately I don't know a whole lot about what was going on in Bocastel in ninety eight but somebody who was there would and, and opening that bottle would bring it back and um, so you know without question. <laughs> For the rest of our lives, when we open a bottle of 2017 from Napa or Sonoma or Mendocino County, Lake County, um, it's going to bring back a story of this year, and and that story is you know going to be dominated by yeah there was there was heat and there was a big rain year whatever I mean it's it's but it's the fire but it was the fire, yeah. was the fire. I mean and, 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 and it doesn't have to be sad I mean no that, that's it, the thing it's and, just a year right it's, just, it's how you remember that and it no. marks the time yeah and you know and it's interesting because 
In This is one of those references for me. In 1989, on September 15th, it rained three and a half inches. Well, that was early on in the growing season that year. What else happened in 1989? <laughs> um, <laughs> the and, flock of seagulls broke up. No, there was something else. What, they you, they you ran. Were, you were born? <laughs> no. I'm talking about the earthquake, but the flock of seagulls was oh, clearly yeah. way more <laughs> momentous occasion. <laughs> yes, knock, you're right. We did have an earthquake, didn't out we? on some yeah. shelving here in the road. They had to stop the ball game and everything else. So, yeah. But, but, you know, that's something that I'll always remember, and the earthquake. Thank you, Sam. Um, but, but the rain is, is a memory of how, it, how the year went that year, right? right. It, it was very difficult if you had a lot of white grapes out, which a lot of people did. The red grapes um, seemed to be very approachable and really, were really drinkable very young, and people surmised it was because they took the rain and they spent more time out there and it helped soften the tannins and, and whatnot. And so, in, did on, those wines age well? Not necessarily, yeah. not necessarily. So you know, but the point is, is that you know that's something that's a reference. And so we watch those things, and as Sam said, we tell the stories of it, and those are our memories. And yeah, so this year it'll be, you know, the heat, the excessive winter, and um, the fire. And we have no winter yet. And right, I mean, it, it looks like no rain for the next. Well, we've well, had, had rain. We've had a little bit of rain, but and some cold nights. As, as as far as it refers to the vintage, you know, you know, there's every accountant will tell you there's a different way to count a year, um, but in in the wine world, um, you know, there's a few different sort of markers. But as far as I'm concerned, once the last grapes are harvested uh, and in the winery, that year you're done starts over. Yeah, and you know, for Bard's standpoint, maybe you know once. The last fermenter is drained and and the wine is in barrel. Maybe that's the point where that sort of marks the beginning of the next year. So when we talk about a, a big wet winter as part of the 2017 story, we talk about you know it really did. It started in November of 2016, then moves through. So you know at this point we're sitting here. It's the the end of November, the beginning of December, and a year we're, later we're looking at yeah. now. 2018. I mean, you know, in in the wine world, in the vineyards, it doesn't really stop because we're like still recovering from a fire or from you know whatever we drank too much last night or whatever. There's no like things pause. still grow. There's no pause. So um, you know, right now in the vineyards, it's about um, you know a yeah, it's about cleaning up from fire damage for sure. Um, but it's also about erosion control and getting ready. You know, cover crops. Getting ready for the winter and the, the 20, cover crops look vintage. like they're coming up already. I mean, yeah, I I think so. It's, they're really that, that know, little bit of rain, a little bit of yeah, rain, a lot of sunshine. Got everything, you know, we went from green fuzz to actual plants. Right, but now we need some more rain because we need them to, you know, not go a long period and dry out because that always stresses them. And uh, it just killed me to hear uh, about uh, Casey Grable and Saturday Night Pick. And they left that the grapes. Oh, that was uh, uh, that Kieran. was Kieran Rogers. Was it Kieran? Yeah, yeah. That, was, Kieran. That, that happened to a lot of people. I talked to a few people who <sighs> Saturday uh, you know, night picking uh, Sunday Sunday night pick. Sunday and they, Sunday night pick and ah, you have yeah. to leave because they fire. Leave is it there and you come back twelve days later and you have raisins. Yeah. Now, how do you come back from a year like that? Uh, uh, 
police. Both well, I, I, I mean, don't, we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, who? <laughs> who figure that out? Yeah, I mean, everybody will have to figure that out for themselves. I mean, one way to do it is, you know, you have to look at your inventory and figure out how to stretch it. You know, large wineries they talk about uh, crossover dates, so when you go from one vintage to the next. Um, so he'll have to look and see, you know, what he can fill in until his next. Uh, uh, till the 2018 is ready. Well, Karen um, said he'll have he to kind of said it under his breath, but he said he was a little long anyway. So it was right. You know, and who knows? Well, maybe for that's, him, that's good. Then. Maybe for him, it's you know, it's nice to take a little break where you're not so stressed about. Well, and oh, you, you know, you have a little less. You have a little less output, um, you know, financially, and yeah. um, if you are a little long, it helps you maybe get caught up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And they hand delivered a half case to my place, so over the weekend, so yeah, I, not I, bad. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it, it's you have to just look at your inventories and make corrections. I mean, if he was really needed um, fruit, he could you know try to source some Bennett Valley Syrah and um, and try to come up with like an in between blend, bulk, right? yeah. buy some bulk wine. Um, you know, just like you might if you had extra, sell some bulk if wine. If you did, yeah, if you needed. So, uh, well. well, what are we drinking today? Well, we, we opened this pre rat, didn't we? We opened the pre rat, and then we got a white on the table that I think is one of Saunders' yes, the it wines. Yes, it's a Marsan Roussan. She just Blanc? gave that us that really delicious, to, nice, like, to kill that peachiness to it. Yeah, and I like the I like when I smell wines, and I to me I call it pool water. It smells like pool water, like when you're a kid and you're laying out. On those um, cement pools, and the, and the water will, out of that. the water splashes up, and uh, and you and it, I think it's minerality is actually what I smell sometimes, yeah, and it, but it, it just it. got that Thanks. childhood memory of um, hanging out at the pool. Um, but yeah, that's uh, one of the girl in the fig wines available at the Mesa Mis Francais. I imagine that means my French, my French friends. friends. Yes, right. It, it does, and, and it's the one with the map on the front. <laughs> Misa. That's well, how why you order they spell it, it like that, God well, Misa, you know, me, that sounds like a... you can't like <laughs> drop the s at the end of something. How long have you been working? On? Mi Francais, ah oui, bon vivant, enchanté. <laughs> on the other hand, I order that at the bar. Yeah, I want the, the one red with style, the map right? On. The red style. The, yeah, I want the one with the map on it. Yeah, That's it. this red. is a. I think Jack Edwards helped him out with this. Bring this into the country too. He's a cool local um, cat. You know, I gotta say that Sandra has really done a nice job here. I know we did her interview last week, but oh, we're not leaving. No. We're just gonna hang out here. <laughs> just all she day. lets yeah. us open whatever we want. Well, <laughs> we were supposed to leave. We, we don't have to. No, I joined the club. I thought man, that I didn't have to leave anymore. Sam ground his boots into the couch. <laughs> I was the same. I, I joined the club. I'm, like, I'm waiting for my key. <laughs> the key this to the is, Rome room. This is right? not the Playboy Club. Wait, we joined the club though. Don't we get a key? Right. I bought, I bought, I bought six God. bottles, man. Do you remember the Playboy Club? I mean, actually, no, we do not. John. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I'm, I'm I do remember Playboy. But I remember I, Harvey Weinstein's apartment. Um, <laughs> having had the Playboy as an sorry, Sandra, that's one of those shutter moments. You know, I mean, we we went over to the Playboy Club when it was still open, and it was, you know, it's getting tacky. You know, the the bunnies' uh, little. Um, uh, Little the, suits are the bunny tails are a little less fluffy. Yeah, they're looking a little tacky, and you know, 
tiles falling out of the ceiling and stuff like that. It's like that. going to Studio 54 in its last week. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to do <laughs> Studio 54 with the lights on? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no A-listers there anymore. It's We need a segue. It's Liza Minnelli's cousin. <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> Partying with Peter O'Toole's brother. <laughs> You're like, man, his what happened to this place? Brother. He used to have like princes and princesses. <laughs> so anyway... Um, this happens to be, um, you know, an interesting situation where the four of us are together again. We haven't had all of us together, yeah, for a while. And you know, I mean, Bart, you're you're just you're sitting there playing with the Bocastel, um, or or is that what you've got in there? I'm gonna or say from the color the that is a pre-rut. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's a little too red. Well, you know, and, and you do get that browned out, you know. No, I think we opened the Bocastel uh, just in time. I, yeah, I, I, do I don't think it had a whole lot left to it. If you have no. a 98 Bocastel at home, uh, I'll come over and well, we can open it together. Good advice. Yeah. Actually, yeah, if you're hanging well, out with a 98 Bocastel. No, it's a I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go into my dad's cellar and be like, how I drank a 98 the other day, Dad. I yeah. think we should probably open this. Yeah, we should open How that. does the Magnum affect the aging? The Magnum should actually slow the aging down. Uh, I actually, and I don't know the wine science behind this. That's why we have Bart around. But um, the thing that the, uh, oh, supposedly a Magnum is the best aging vessel, uh, the longest life as far as volume to surface area or something. Yeah, stuff I like. think some of that's because you probably get a better cork steel and a better bottling with a Magnum. Usually those large format three, six, nine, twelve liter bottles, they're hand bottled. The corkers don't get quite the vacuum seal that the really nice bottling lines do. Yeah, we don't vacuum seal our big bottle. Yeah, like and, and shoving the cork in with you. Right, <laughs> it's like hoping to get it in and 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 it stays in. Right, and right, and then it's the same thing. It's the uh, surface area to cork areas, uh, similar to large format uh, barrels in comparison. So just oh. it just there's less oxygen touching more wine Correct. so that it's just going slower. Right. right. And, oh, so and so, uh, so, so small bottles are also kind of show how a wine is aging. So if you open a small bottle and you think... Like a split, you mean? Like a split. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can kind of go, well, wow, this wine's got a lot of time on it. Well, then a 750 is probably going to have that much more time on it. Or likewise, this 375 is done. Um, you might want to go find the 750. So we should revise that statement. If you have a 98 Bocastel at home and it's in a 750, I'm might, sorry. Might be too late. Drink it. Send it to us. We'll let you know if it was we'll test it. We'll, we'll run some tests on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're running our tests today. That's the idea. So, um, so you know, I, I, you know, um, I want to shout out to uh, someone that follows us on Instagram, Jerry. Jer- Jerry Wagey? Waggy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, just, I've, I've mispronounced it so many times. How do you spell it? W-A-A-G-E. Waggy? I think it's Waggy. I'm pretty sure it's Waggy. And he's a, a, he's a listener of the podcast. Nice. He's now a Dane Sellers Wine Club member, nice. which I appreciate. Get that Chenin Blanc, baby. Uh, yeah, he got the Grenache Chenin Blanc make Chenin later Blanc? on. Uh-huh. Um, and so anyway, I, you know, it, it goes to show that, you know, people do listen and people buy and... Uh, and we appreciate it. Well, what Jerry knew that other people didn't know is, is that uh, Bart took another gold medal for the Grenache and a silver for the Chenin Blanc. Yeah. You yep. should feel very proud about that. I, I am. I, you know, I have really mixed feelings over these 
these wine judgings. Um, <laughs> Why? Well, because because he didn't get the gold for the Chenin Blanc. Well, okay, come on, you guys. Let's let's. You want to talk about this? <laughs> I do a little bit. I really do. Damn silver. <laughs> Realistically, all anyone cares about is a wine that's ninety or over, or a gold medal. And for that matter, it's almost like a double gold. You know, negates the gold. Um, and, and and what about triple gold? And <laughs> there is no that's, triple I think that's gold. called best of <laughs> class. Um, platinum. I mean, Plat- you'd, right. you right? Why know, don't they have platinum? If someone, if you say my wine got an eighty-eight in the wine enthusiast, people will go, "Huh, I wonder what got the ninety or above." Eighty-eight is a good count. wine. Eighty-eight's a good wine, but yeah. in the marketing of it, you look right past eighty-eight. Yeah, 88. You don't talk about your Come on. Games. You don't, Brian. Really. Don't you wonder, who? Huh, I wonder what got the 92? Well, it depends on the price, <laughs> okay. honestly. I mean, well, that's, you know, that's encouraging. You right. Know? I mean, a silver medal. I, hey, I know that it's, there were wines that didn't get anything. No. But you always want, when the you feel gold. passionate about it, you want the gold. And, uh, sure. you know, quite frankly, everybody, nobody really cares that it's got a silver. Huh. So, so then there goes to, so what's but the what point? I think about is all the Chenin Blancs that didn't get dick. So then I'm thinking, well, you are you're in the top three of Chenin Blancs. Well, in this particular, you know, all transparency and Chris Sawyer, which, who will be on our show someday, um, and we can quiz him on it because he then we'll really definitely pushes, have our longest show ever. He, he, <laughs> he, I love Chris he, 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 you know, he pushes a lot of these wine judgings, and they have their place. But you know, when you have a very large winery that enters, you know. 250 wines into it and they win and they win you know 95 golds and 65 silvers you know that's one thing and you know it's all kind of skewed and you know there were you know there were probably three Chenin Blancs in the entire um, judging in this particular one and one got a gold and one got a silver and one got nothing so you know and I guess they're judged on their own merits but are they tasted with second best or the second worst Chenin Blanc. <laughs> right, but nobody knows that. They right. just say, oh, it got a silver. That's Something that nice. Yeah. But this gold that's $12 a bottle. Does does 90 really sell? I mean, uh, Chabazikal, uh, fourth gen- generation Hungarian winemaker up uh, in Kenwood, just a tiny little uh, place next to BY's, Tykate, and all. You know, I mean, they're all crammed Hungarian. in there. But the guy really does a good job, and he's got three or four of his cabs that are ninety plus, et cetera. But but okay, so and and does that help him? Because he puts up a sign. So to me, ninety percent. It depends where plus. those where those numbers came from. You know, there is a, a, a wine. What is it? Wineratings.com. I mean, there's websites that you can send your wines into, and 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 you're guaranteed you a good that? number. Well, John, what you're talking about is driving down Highway 12 or driving down any other road and seeing 90 and above wines. Well, it's not tied to any vintage. It's not tied to any specific wine. That's right. And so that is for the casual person driving down the highway to draw them in. I think it's that's great. Maybe I'm coming off sounding jealous or something, you know, and and I'm not because I have those wines. But I think it's interesting how you market yourself. Yeah, I mean, Chava doesn't market at all. I mean, he's just there, and the fact that he gets these scores is indicative of the fact that he's making some decent wines. Um, I, I, 
but Johnny, I think it depends on as being David someone is not who's against him. But my point is, sorry. No, just, that's fine. Th- right. There are so many ways to get wine ratings, but it's so then it's how you portray yourself. Do you say? Robert Parker or the wine spectator or the wine enthusiast, the three leading right, ones, right. they gave me that 94, 97, whatever it is. Not or, the San Francisco or, Chronicle. Well, they don't do, they do gold, silver, bronze, right? Same thing, though. It's like, you know, is it, is it a pay-to-play type of um, website, right? Or, is, or judging? Or is it a true blind judging? And there are pay-to-play? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I yeah. mean... There's there's magazines you could, where you could accuse you know, certain big magazines of being pay to play, yeah. and not that um, they all every every rating that they have in there means that somebody bought a big advertisement and all of a sudden their scores went up by five percent. Well, you but, know you know that how that works. I, I mean, I do yeah. know how that works. I um, have submitted <laughs> wines for uh, one review, and I'm still waiting on those numbers. But for me, it's more about my personal edification I, I probably even unless it's something really gaudy i don't think i'll i'll probably just keep those um and and that's just about you know wanting to work with a certain reviewer um i, I think more and more um most wine buyers with even you know sort of novice level of uh, of uh, you know knowledge um are going beyond what a gold a medal or a score because you know, it really depends on that person's palate and that day and the person who was judging it and the weather and, you know, what their kid said to them as they walked out the door, Is if they were in a good mood or not. I mean, uh, for, for when you, if you're going out in the marketplace to sell your wine, a lot of times you don't want to lead with the rating that you got or gold medals because the wine buyer doesn't want to hear you telling him that somebody else thought it was a right. gold medal winning wine when he may think it's you know, mediocre at best. So, you, you know, it, it is. It's all a matter of how you kind of portray yourself and you have to think about it. You have to be, you have to, my point is you have to be thoughtful of it. Because there are people that will see a high rating and go, oh, well, sure, it's by XX Magazine, you know, so that means that he right. just bought some ad space. Then there's ones where you go, oh, well, now wait a minute. Now that's legit. What right? magazines are those? Because I'm not reading them. I'm only getting stuff online. Are they wine advocate? Are they wine enthusiast? Are they... Wine spectator. Wine is, spectator. Am I going to get followed? And I, get, I mean, wine spectator has uh, had a reputation of... Um, being a being a place where wines wineries that advertise get better coverage and better scores, you know that's a reputation. Whether it's true or not, um, you know certainly that's what from both a, a consumer and a producer angle is is a um, you know concern. That said, you know I, that was what I felt before I was in the business as much as I am now. You know I know the guys who review the wines and. And I like them, and they're good, honest people. So, um, but remember you know, but also that's, that that's definitely the reputation. You know, Kistler has money to do advertising as well. So, you, right. when you're talking about wines that are getting good scores, maybe those are the wines that they have a ton of money to spend on right. wine production, they're spending on the barrels, so they can, on the right, grapes, right. and on the advertising. So, I mean, there's there's lots of variables, and I think the people that look at scores out there in the marketplace, are, it's a certain percentage of people that look specifically at scores. Absolutely. I know as a wine buyer, all those magazines would come to the restaurant. They go instantly into the garbage because I never wanted to know what 
so-and-so thought about this wine or so-and-so thought about this wine because it would would skew my judgment when I would try that wine. So I would throw everything in the garbage. So when anyone would come in the door with a wine, you just try it based on that day, how that wine tasted. Our ad agency lived and died by what happened in the magazines. I mean, you get direct response. From, magazines are dead. From, Newspapers are no, dead. Talk Absol- about podcasts. They, they are absolutely, all about, Brian, they are absolutely not dead. Newspapers may be um, going in a different direction in this particular town, but quite frankly, the New York Times is there and the Wall Street Journal is there. And some of these, you know, so point being... Um, yeah, you, you magazines are not dead at at all, and I'm I, I'm reading them, I'm reading them online. That's all. It just happens that I'm getting. Well, there will be content out the there, headlines. but I don't think it has to be specifically placed in a certain magazine. You'll look for a story, and maybe it will have it will have been in a specific magazine, but I don't see in the future you reading a specific magazine cover to cover. But look, well, and 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 you know another thing that to go along with this is we kind of lose track now of when things were published because of the way we get our articles. I'm not going to call it news, but you know, there are times where you'll see this article that may come up in your social media feed or whatever it is. And it's, you know, talks about the hundred best wines in Sonoma and you think, Oh my gosh, well, what is that? And you had two in there and, and it's, and it's been a reprocessed, um, it, it's been a reprocessed article that actually came out nine months ago, and it's coming back to you in a different exposition, which is right. them just trying to ex- get more readership. Right. And and a lot of people don't realize that that. Right. Um, so it, it's it's hard. You really have to look at those dates. Um, so anyway, what bottom I was, line is what, wine scores don't matter unless you get really good ones, and then they're right, awesome. Right, right, right. And I don't know how. It, and, and that then that was my original point. Yeah. It's like if you get a gold medal or something higher, or you get a ninety or above, you're like, yes, this is going to help, right? And if you get anything else, you go, oh, that's three less bottles yeah, and, and seventy-five you know bucks. Ask you know, ask a Robert Kamen or you know one of our bosses in the vineyard world. Uh, in when it comes to the high end cab, if it's not a ninety nine or a hundred, it actually doesn't matter. Ninety seven doesn't move the needle. Ninety eight doesn't move the needle. A hundred right. points that moves right. the needle. So, well, I think it's nice for them if if someone asks, you can tr- taste someone on the wine and they go, "Man, this wine is really good." And then it's nice that if they ask, "Oh, well, what kind of score did you get on?" You can say, "I got a ninety nine." Right. But it's not something you lead with. Yeah, this is a ninety nine pointer. Right. <laughs> Well, but also it's like, hey, I really like this wine. What sort of awards did he get? And you go with right. silver, and they go, oh, really? What kind no, of I don't like it that much anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was good, wait, but I heard wait, you had no. the silver. It's, wait, wait, it's, it's starting to get this wait, aftertaste. You're tremendously <laughs> offended by the silver. <laughs> I, 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 John, I've got more silvers. Tastes I, better you know, than a bronze. Next time we get together, I'm going to bring out this my drawer of silver. Thing, anything but ABG, anything <laughs> but gold. <laughs> Well, it so is congratulations on the Grenache, by the way. <laughs> it is what it Grenache is. Grenache got man. a gold. It's, it's actually yeah. been a multi-gold still available winning, so. on the website, I believe. Uh, Don't drink that Chenin Blanc. It's shit. 
<laughs> Wait, you make. <laughs> All right, I drug this man. I drug this whole thing down into. No, it's a good. I think hole. I think people other consumers should consumers. I, I think that's something that's we haven't good talked about. Drink what tastes good to you and, and try something exactly you've never right. heard of. That's exactly right. And you, now you can go on to Delectable, and you can go on to Cellar Tracker, and uh, Wine Searcher, and. Vivino and all these things and you can put your own damn score in now and and that's actually one of the things that probably more than anything if you're somebody who makes your living by giving people numbers based on their wines that you're really afraid of because you can go and say there's a wine that you really liked but everybody else who drank it and put it on their app and posted it to the internet didn't like and all of a sudden you're 92 compared to a public score average of 85 doesn't look as good and and vice versa so you know there's there's been a great democratization of wine reviewing out there and um in fact i encourage people to go yeah look at the spectator and the advocate and venus and steven tanzler and all these different ones but also go to delectable and go to vivino so you, and you go can to one. rate your own on delectable yeah you rate your own you rate your own on these ones Bring me up and, to speed and, on and, these, and, right? and you know what and it's great feedback i mean it's it's nice to see what other people's comments are and what they think of the wines i i, I mean i do yeah. i look at them because i want to see um if anyone's ever trying my wines and listing them, certainly. But really, every wine that I uh, open, I throw on there. I may not give it an in-depth rating, but I throw it out there. You know, somewhere between you know zero and a hundred. And um, and it's for me, it's just keeping track of my own what I've been drinking. You guys are very good. You're better than I am at social media. I mean, especially Brian. No, <laughs> not even close. Uh, Instagram, yeah. Well, I like I like pictures. I and, like pretty and, pictures. And, I like and, pictures. <laughs> I you like, got party I like mouth. to watch. I live in Petaluma. <laughs> I like I look to at watch. picture books. <laughs> I like pictures of chickens. Hey, 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 come on. Man. Hey, that's an old uh it's an old movie. Uh Chauncey Gardner, right? Uh be here now or be there later. So anyway. I've been accused of living only in the present. <laughs> that's okay. I I agree with that. So well, look, um, it, it, going back to our original our year, comment. Our, oh, our year, our year in review. <laughs> going back year to in the, review. Yes. And, you know, now we're back. Are we back to normal? Oh, man. Uh, I think we have started to get new normal. I mean, you know, I don't think even in Sonoma. I mean, I, I drove to Santa Rosa for the first time earlier this week, and it's Heavy. it's tough. And, you know, I was in up Nuns Canyon Road earlier this morning. And that's basically, you know, ground zero. Um, and, you know, we're so we're developing a vineyard and we're also now cleaning up a property. Um, so f- from that standpoint, yeah, we're, we're everybody's back to work and all the fires are out and the air is clear and beautiful. And, you know, Sonoma is standing and most of Santa Rosa is standing and all of Napa is standing. Um, and tourism is coming and, you know, people yeah. are decorating tourism for the holidays. Is, it's here. But yeah. uh, n- to say normal, uh, you know, I was actually having this conversation at the supermarket. And, uh, you know, when when you see somebody that you haven't seen in six months and don't have to ask them, if their house burned down, then we'll be a normal. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, I'll I'll take you on that. Yeah. So yeah, I was actually at the at the dumps yesterday making a dump run. Does that 
is that do people call it that everywhere in the yeah. United oh, yeah, States? Totally. The, the dumps. dumps. People know what it's I'm talking ride. about. It's where so. you go take your garbage, you know, out in the I mean, middle of nowhere. I think there's just some states that. Oh, never mind. I won't say. I'm not going to do that. You know, like some people call it. Where they just leave it on their property. You know, some people say soda. Some people say pops. I don't know what people say, but went out to the dumps and on Meacham out there in Petaluma. Oh, and it was way out dumps. trucks literally for miles. And I'd never seen it like that before. And so I had to hop in and out of trucks to get to the dumps. And I asked the lady, what's going on? She said, oh, they're cleaning up all, this is all Santa Rosa homes. They're cleaning off the properties today. And it's going to the Meacham? Yeah. And it was and literally trucks for miles lined up. Because I knew one of the problems that we're having is... Uh, where to take stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, there was an article. It was all going there. There was an article. I didn't read the, it was, I only saw the headline, but it was about the fact that the Meacham dump is taking like 90% of all the uh, waste from this. And it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like be that before. Yeah. yeah. And and they really haven't even scratched is, the surface, I think, Meacham what they have to do. landfill too, or are they going to move it? Because what I heard is that a lot of it was getting moved to, you know, big holes in Nevada and things like well, that. Well, and, and that might be. Maybe it's just holding. I mean, Meacham Big was, holes in Nevada? Seriously? Seriously. Like, you take a old, you know, an abandoned pit mine, um, yeah. and you fill it up, and you push a bunch of dirt over the top of it. I mean, Meacham has always been a, a landfill. I mean, from my entire childhood, right. we've gone out there and literally seen the, the, the land change from, you know, moving dirt. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! I can't believe that we're talking about landfills here. Well, on the, the other hand, in in <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> they take shoreline. They <laughs> take those landfills and they make ski runs out of them. Right. Yeah. You know that's, or, that's or, it. Or or concert or in, facilities. In California, we make uh, auditoriums and <laughs> amphitheaters. Shoreline amphitheater. In the old days, you'd light your cigarette and shoreline amphitheater, and methane would come out of the ground. And you have this like fire. It, it was a problem. And it wasn't it a cigarette, opened. but yeah, it was. Yeah. It was really a problem. Was they a had problem. like methane from the grass. Yeah. yeah. Well, my sister lived in the marina during the earthquake, 1989, uh, when the flock of seagulls broke up. When the, <laughs> and, and apparently there was rain on September there was, 15th. There was some serious issues with living on, on landfill. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's how you remember. But I, it's, there you go. I think it's if, as far as the year goes, everything pretty much came in. I mean, what, I think the final numbers, I was looking at a report yesterday for harvest for 2017 for California and... I mean, it's something like 90% of the grapes, if you consider all of California. We're in. Yeah. Um, and it might even be a little bit higher. We're in, and, and conditions were good. The rain was good last year. Um, but everything seemed to look solid. It, it, it was, um, you know, the, the talk of fire around here might skew some people's um, ideas of, of but what it went ha- on with the 2017 did happen. Harvest, but, um, it is reality, and we've come back, and there's no... Yeah. there's There's... There really isn't any damage that you can see other than the homes. And I mean, look, Santa Rosa is the poster child, okay? I mean, Coffee well, Glen, Park. Uh, Glen Ellen. And, um, and Glen, Glen Ellen's still right. pretty... Glen, uh, Glen Ellen, man, just... It, it, it just doesn't look... It's it's every other house. Right. I mean, I, when you drive through downtown Glen Ellen right now, and... It's fine, and and it's fine, and you can't tell. And if you get, but you know, you start going up off of one of the side roads, and go to Hippie the, Hollow, and it becomes a little bit of a different story. Yeah, um, yeah you know, look, the 2017 will always be defined by, you know, at least in this area, by by the fires. Um, it was shaping up to be a great vintage. I mean, the things that we tasted, uh, were tasting in the winery pre-fire are delicious. Some of the things post-fire are delicious. Some of them aren't. Um, you know, what do you mean? Some of them aren't. 
some of them taste. I mean, you know, some of them taste bad. Some of them, the some of, the, some the, of them sat out there too long. Yeah, they in the smoke. Been, you know, they should have been picked. They should have been picked the next day in some cases, right? Yeah. Um, and they sat out there for you know seven to ten days after. They have the smoke effect in it. You know, they desiccated. There's a lot of there's a but lot. But you of guys, are, you said you were washing off the smoke and it was gray and it, yeah, it, no, it helped. Um, and, you know. But in some and in case, some cases that helped, and in some cases it didn't matter. Um, yeah. And you know, we're gonna keep working at it, and, and we're gonna make wine from 2017. You know, uh, not being in the position that like Kieran Robinson was, where you literally left, picked the grapes and left them in a bin in the vineyard for two weeks. I mean, that's you know, that's a lost cause. But that's uh, harsh. It's, it's not a lost cause for a lot of us. It's just you know, more work in the winery and a lot of experimentation and trying to you know deal with something we've never dealt with before. Um, and there's well, gonna be and there's going to be great wines from 2017. Let's and just talk like every about vintage, that. There's going to be oh, there's absolutely going to be bad wines. How are you? From, yeah, how are you dealing with things you've never dealt with before? Well, I, I that's just it. You don't know. We I haven't mean, figured out yet. Again, there's <laughs> still there's still yeah. wines that if you smelt them and taste them today, you wouldn't think that they're going to have a problem with smoke taint or or anything. It's you know we we just don't know yet, and only time will tell. Um, you know, because there's not that much history on it. When when we come back to when at our actual one year anniversary of the winemakers come April 2018, we should have a we'll have a oh, there's a fruit fly in my pier pier Um Just pick him out. It's good yeah, protein. It is the season. Um, when we come back to you know at, at the year anniversary of the winemakers, I think we'll have a better idea of a what we're doing to deal with the smoke, whether it's as you know how big of an issue it is. Um, you know, I know we're having a series of um, sort of powwows uh, among winemakers that source fruit that Enterprise Vineyards grows. And we're going to start, we'll do one this month, and I think we're going to do a few. I know Philippe Combi is going to come to one. And we're just going to sit down with samples or not and um, have a conversation and, and say, you know, this is what we're doing, this is what we did, you know, this is what we're thinking about doing in the next couple of weeks, um, and just experiment with all these, you know, because this whole smoke thing, um, never, it's never been as much of an issue as it is this vintage, and we're going to actually have an opportunity to research it and, and figure out how to deal with it in the future. Um, you know, if, if you look at the silver lining of any of this, it's, it's that. Well, we'll now have you're right. Sort of that's getting people together to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best thing you can do. Yeah. So, well, Brian, anything on this year and tying it up? <clears throat> Just no, other I think, your, uh, you, you appear to be having a very nice afternoon. So, yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, um, interesting year, obviously, and and good year in a lot of ways. And um, oh, we're getting down to the where John's polishing off the uh, ninety. Oh, I am. Uh, Anybody Castle. else? I'll take it. Sam, uh, it, it it's um, a little chewy down there. I'll, I'll just tell you <laughs> that it's not just fine and filtered. <laughs> but everybody well, else get a little for, of that for, for as some, much color as it's dropped. It's going to have some serious sediment for. Believe me. And John, next year, mind, 2018, I am looking forward to tasting my first $1,000 bottle of Brooklyn rooftop wine. I saw that. And these guys are growing vines on Brooklyn rooftops and making 
thousand dollar bottle. Well, the only reason it's thousand dollars is because of limited availability, and but this guy cut his chops in the Finger Lakes, and he's also got a little business, which is the biggest place up there for wine. What part? I'm no, sorry. No, Come on, you gotta no, get it. Get no, in. And they, like, no, and they, 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 they recently took over. dollars a bottle, but it only got a silver medal. So <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. I don't even think it got silver, man. Uh, I think it came up bronze. What did two guys in a truck in Nevada give it in their wine tasting? <laughs> right? Were they drinking it out of a paper bag or not? And I want to meet the people that actually paid a thousand dollars. Well, they haven't yet. It hasn't been released. Uh, well, I'm sure that uh, you know. There you go. Uh, Sante will buy it for five hundred dollars a bottle, and then it'll be for three thousand dollars a bottle on the and list. It'll be on the iPad. Yeah. You can choose it. So we can, go, we can, have, we can corve in a glass. Oh, hey Bart, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for sharing. For being cynical and I like it. that. That's exactly what we want. And Sam, um, as always, appreciated. Thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks uh, so much for being so much part of the winemakers. This is uh, a great team. And hey, love, well, John, we got to be close to the end of the year. Guys. Guys. Is this actually yeah. the last episode that will air? Will be no, we've got to we've got to cut a couple more just okay. to be safe. So, okay. but we've got well, uh, uh, next week. Uh, happy New Year! Just to, to be safe. To, <laughs> <laughs> well, happy we're all married. You can say you can say Happy Holidays and Christmas and all that. Donald Trump's in office. We can say Merry Christmas again. We can say anything we want. God damn it. He said it was okay. I can say Merry Christmas. I just, you know, I'm going to leave out the relatives in my family who I need to say Happy Hanukkah to. And then there's the hippies who I have to say Happy Solstice to. And do people still celebrate Kwanzaa? Oh, yeah. So I can say Happy Holidays and save myself some syllables. That's That's the whole idea, (laughs) isn't it? When did it become a bad thing? It didn't. Never did. No, don't let anybody tell you that it it did. So it's when they tell you to do it is when you get mad. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for listening you, to everybody. the winemakers. Uh, Bart Hansen, Brian Casey, Sam Katuri. I'm John Myers, and we have been broadcasting from the Rhone Room. Thank you, in Sandra. Sonoma, California, for a couple of weeks here and now. I think we're just going to take up permanent residence here. We're and, charter club uh, members. We're waiting you know, for our that's it, right? key and our password. Uh, we, we've all joined the six bottle uh, club, and now, no, so, no, so, John, just you. Just, <laughs> we didn't afford just that. Me? That's it. <laughs> wow. Some people are getting a case. I, you know, I got my three bottles. So I there. cheaped out. Holy cow. And, well, I got to get you up to the two case a year on the 16600 club, too. <laughs> okay. There two we go. Hey, everybody. Nothing. Thanks for listening to The Winemakers. I'm John Myers, and we've had Brian Casey, Bart Hansen, and, of course, Sam Katuri. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next Happy week. Happy holidays.